0: Now go.
1: I think you are now ready, ready to hear what happened 100 years ago. The words of guidance you have been hearing since your awakening are Princess Zelda herself. Even now, as she works to restrain Ganon from within Hyrule Castle, she calls out for your help.
2: Welcome to Comics, the Console Crusade. This is the podcast where Pat, Joe, and I comb through my extensive yard sale acquired retro video game collection to discuss the best and maybe the worst of comic book oriented video games. And today's featured game is Batman Arkham Asylum on PS3 and Xbox 360, and probably PC. <laughs>
1: It's over,
0: Joker.
2: Hmm. Do you really think you can win?
0: little bat.
2: <laughs> Before we get started, let's meet the host of the show. We'll introduce one another and ask each other to describe Arkham Asylum in three words. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Pat, DJ Cristados. Pat, if you would be so kind, give me the first three words that pop into your head when you think Batman Arkham Asylum.
3: I am Batman. Not bad. I came up with that just on the fly like that, but (laughs) I have more words to describe it, but I will save that for later on. So with that, I want to introduce our on-staff musical genius, Joe November. Joe, how would you describe Arkham Asylum using only three words? I will say a great,
1: but spelled G-R-A-T-E, game. See, the amount of grates that you, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, you are constantly breaking down grates to get around everywhere, so it's a great game. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And now I'll turn the question on to my old friend Jared Albrick, aka Death Pro. Jared, please
2: describe Arkham Asylum using only three words. All right, fair warning. The last one's a bit of a cheat, but there's a hyphen involved, okay? Dang near bat-perfect.
3: All right. Okay. It's bat-perfect. Yep. <laughs> it's
2: dang yep. near bat-perfect. It is <laughs> such a good game. I'm tipping my hand, so I'm going to have a lot of good things to say tonight. I wonder what your score is going to be. It's uh, 11,
3: <laughs> possibly a 12. I don't know. Wait, wait a minute, Jared. Hmm we got joe november with we got it, joe so. november
2: here so i'm gonna be dropping 0.5 just know because it, yeah. i can uh, yes I know, I know what that it. means <laughs> everyone's so happy when joe's on a show <laughs> they're like we can use, we can use uh, <sighs> yeah. all because we just totally let joe do it like on the very first comment to console and then yep. like delvin texting me he was like what what the hell man <laughs> What's with so we had to make it the unwritten rule
3: <laughs> nice. Well, nice. it's a written rule. <laughs> yeah, it's a rule. i will check Laurel. Laurel. Yeah, just Ch- get yeah the check the policy on, on that. that. Yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> check the manual. Okay, with our shenanigans out of the way, I'm going to throw it back to Joe, and he's going to take a look at the specs of Arkham Asylum in a segment that we like to call "All Your Specs Are Belong to Us."
0: How are you, gentlemen? All your bases are belong to us. You are on the way
1: to destruction. Thanks, Jared. So this game was released on August twenty-fifth of two thousand nine. The publisher was Warner Brothers Interactive and I believe it's pronounced Edos.
3: Edos, yeah.
1: Yeah. Edos, probably. The developer is Rocksteady. It is a action adventure game type and it is a one player game. Now back to Jared, well he'll use his yard sale to eBay skills for a segment we call cash memory.
2: Thank you, Joe. So, if you're looking for this game in the secondary market, you are in luck. It is not expensive. And let me just say again, I'm a little biased. I like this game, but it's not because the game is lacking in quality. It's because it was so successful. They made lots of copies and then it got like re released in a game of the year edition. And then it got re released like it was originally on PS3 and then on PS4, it got a higher def you know what i'm talking about (laughs) Mm -hmm. like the upgrade it's had a lot of versions released so it's fairly
3: get ready pat ubiquitous out there so uh, isn't isn't that a isn't that a state or something in canada
2: uh, that is
3: the yukon
2: (laughs) quebec oh you were going with quebec i was was going with quebec but Uh, yeah thanks for doing it yeah Yeah, and the joke stops there But anyway, let me do my job. So if you want just sort of a loose copy, decent copy, you can get it on eBay for around $5. If you want a complete, you know, it's got the manual and it's really nice and all that, maybe up to about 10 Factory sealed, it's still not that expensive. You can still snag a factory sealed copy today as of this recording, which is in April of 2023, for 15 to 20 bucks. Again, it's not rare because there's a lot of it out there. And I know some of you folks play on Steam, and I'm sure it's available there as well. So it's not hard to find. Now that we've got all that pertinent information hashed out, let's take a quick podcast break and come back, and we will talk about the gameplay experience of Arkham Asylum.
3: xenozoic xenophiles
0: a fan podcast devoted to the comic series xenozoic tales
3: it's a post-apocalyptic adventure series filled with cadillacs and dinosaurs i'm ruth and i'm darren please
0: join us as we discuss the stories characters and art in this excellent comic series from writer and artist mark schultz
3: special episodes feature interviews with mark schultz himself discussing xenozoic tales and his other comics
0: Listen at Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube.
3: Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or visit XenozoicXenophiles.com.
0: Xenozoic Xenophiles is part of the Rad Adventures Network at RadAdventuresNetwork.com.
2: Welcome back from the break. We hope you enjoyed that promo from our friend of the show. And now, let's talk about that experience, that gaming experience of Batman Arkham Asylum. We will discuss the game in the following categories. We'll talk about the graphics the game design, the enjoyability, our favorite thing about the game, and our least favorite thing about the game. And then we'll wrap it all up with our final verdicts and we'll give it a final score from one to 10. So let's get to it. We will start with the graphics. What did you think of the graphics in Arkham Asylum?
3: We'll start with you, Pat. Because there's many different versions of this, I'm going to start with it was great on the 360 that I've seen it on and played it on. And then probably, I'm assuming when this game came out, the graphics were just on on the platforms that it was, were looking very good as well, too. Then you talked about you getting the high definition. I watched a, a gameplay playthrough as we were getting ready for this, and man, are those graphics bumped up even better when you're watching it in an HD, you know, a 4K thing. It's like, holy cow, this game looks really... Awesomer, so I'm going to use the from great to awesomer. Awesomer. Awesomer, yeah, if that's a word. But, you know, at the time, these were top-notch. And to see Batman and all the other, you know, the villains that are in here, just everything, just awesomer. Awesomer. Awesomer.
2: Uh, We'll pass it to Joe on that. Joe, your thought of the graphics? Awesomer and a half. Awesomer Awesomer. and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Right, I got it. (laughs) Joe, what do you think of these graphics?
1: Uh, The graphics were great. And even for the time when they first came out, it was just, it was very realistic. They did, they just did an excellent job. The only gripe that I had with the graphics is that everybody was too sweaty and glistening in the lights. (laughs) That's, that was the only thing that kind of threw me off. It's like everybody was just too sweaty, (laughs) But, but it was just part of the lighting system that they use just made everybody shine, but everybody, uh, other than that, everybody I just got out of the graphics.
3: gym, they're
2: like that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> air conditioning was busted because you broke all those grates <laughs> right.
1: yeah, HVAC was definitely an issue in Arkham <laughs> Island
2: <laughs> well, I'm going to agree with you guys I think the graphics look great too, I think they look great when you played it, I think they look great when I replayed it, I just replayed it on my PS3 back in the fall and beat it all over again, except 100 percented of it this time, I've never done that before and as I was playing, I was like, you know one of the nice things about this universe, this Arkham Asylum universe, as far as graphics goes, is that, like you guys said, they're realistic, but they also have just a, just a hint of, like, comic book flair. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of get away with a lot. They don't have to be super realistic, like the world we live in, just as long as they're Batman realistic. Like, his proportions are ridiculous. I mean, you yeah, know, Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger in his prime
3: wasn't built like
2: that guy. Is, all that, but, like, it works so it's- well.
3: Yeah, it's like taking your action figures, you know, you have the where they're kind of beefy Mm -hmm. and built up. It's Mm -hmm. like taking those and just putting them into a game, you know, and and just playing with them. And you got to see the scenes kind of play out real in front of you with your action figures.
1: In particular, your WrestleMania action figures. Yeah.
3: yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Everybody was super rich. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, even the ladies. (laughs) The glorious women (laughs) of Arkham. (laughs) (laughs) The (laughs) glo- Yeah, it didn't come together like I wanted (laughs) it. All right, let's shift topics, and let's talk about the game design. When I say game design, I'm talking about the overall feel of the environments, how you interact with them, how it is to control... Whatever it is, whether you're you're controlling Batman or Batarangs or what have you, there's, there's various things you can control. Like, just that overall game design, how does it feel to you? And we'll start with Joe this time. Sure.
1: I think they did a really good job on developing the game design, particularly for the playability for how Batman interacts with his tools and how he interacts with the environment. That was really great. Some of the gripes that I did have with the game were some of the boss battles. In, Particular, like when you're fighting Scarecrow like 30 times and going through his little dream sequence and you have to dodge and stuff like that. I remember playing that and getting really annoyed with that, probably because I wasn't good at good, really good at it. But, but there was a really cool sequence where Batman is walking through, I believe, the library and he has a hallucination. He's reliving his memory when his parents got uh, mm-hmm. killed. Mm-hmm. um i thought that was a really nice touch too uh you hear the audio of what's going on uh when he was a kid watching his parents get murdered meeting jim gordon for the first time i, I thought that was a really nice touch but i guess my only complaint was just the the crane boss battles and then the repetitiveness of having to, to fight the titan henchman a few times mm-hmm. but uh, that was kind of the premise of the game because joker wanted to create a
2: whole army of them so yeah you're gonna have to fight a lot of them yeah i agree with you i i like the scarecrow parts a little better than you (laughs) but i do agree with you in the fact that there was a lot of repetitive thing it felt like they had a certain move set that they had for batman to fight certain enemies and they never really we're gonna fit this move set no matter whether he's fighting a regular guy or a boss battle (laughs) like it just felt a little shoehorned in but not, not i wasn't like this game sucks you know it's it worked but it's pat's turn to talk.
3: Well, as far as the game design, I'm trying to think of what was the last Batman game before this one. I want to say it was, I think I have it on GameCube. I
2: think it was called Dark Tomorrow. Okay. Mm. Yeah, nobody remembers it.
3: Yeah, I don't remember it at all. So, I, you know, I'm going to go back and go thinking back is this was a groundbreaking design uh, of, of game at this time when the environments uh, you get to explore somewhat open world a little bit. You know, granted there's rails that you can and cannot do, but you you do get that exploration world happening a lot here. Uh, the ability to you know kind of RPG it a little bit with what tools you want, what weapons, armors, things like that that you want to have Batman be in order to help you out through the storyline uh, was another fun thing too. So you you can make it do. I want to be a just a straight up attacker and and do all those skills or do i want to you know beef my guy up so i can take the hits you know but but sometimes that'll that'll get you on some of the bosses too because you can kind of be beefy and not move fast enough a little bit to dodge certain things and things like that so you got to find that balance but the ability to do that and you know get some cool gadgets to play around with too like you mentioned you know the remote control battering how cool is that (laughs) You get to play around with that as well. So, yeah, I think they overall, they did a very good job of, you know, creating the environment, immersing you in the environment mm. as well, too. Not only visually, but we'll get to the musical part of it as well, too. The ambient sound and all that, uh, walking mm. around, the voice acting, you know. I I, I don't know if we're going to talk about the voice acting, but
2: go ahead, man. It's all, it's, yeah. it's all yeah. part of it.
3: You know, uh, you you look at this high quality voice acting that was going on in this by, you know, notable actors for this. You had Kevin Conroy, you had Mark Hamill as the Joker playing your Joker parts. I mean, you could just watch this cutscenes and just like, oh, yeah, it's it's like you're (laughs) watching a movie. And the the jokes that
1: Joker had were actually pretty funny. (laughs) There was one in particular where he's like, Bats, what's your biggest fear? And he lists all these things, and then he goes, Me
3: and a thong. <laughs> <laughs> I like, wonder how you know, did they let Hamill kind of ablib a little bit or not? Oh, I'm sure you know, they did. I, I would assume you'd have yeah. to and just go, you know, just let it go, and then we'll take the best parts or the fun parts of this and we'll make something out of this. But yeah, yeah, just uh, you know, to, in order to get that quality actors to do that at the time you know on a game that was nobody knew what it was going to be you know it's basically it was a sleeper game i think when it came out people were you know oh it's batman it's there's never going to be a good comic book to you know comic book to console kind of a a crossover game that's going to be super good and then you get this thing that came out and just blew people's minds away with it yeah no definitely
1: I do tell you one thing that, or a couple of things that I was just like, eh, it doesn't kind of make sense. But you have Arkham Island, and you have an asylum and a penitentiary on the same island. The, for some reason, that just didn't click for me. I was like, why would you have both <laughs> on the same island? Wouldn't you just have one or the other? And then the other one was the fact that, oh, hey, Batman just happened to build a, a second Batcave underneath. <laughs> this is an island and conveniently was able to do it for this game. I was like, mm, okay.
2: All right. Nobody noticed. The plot along. <laughs> it's like him and him and Alfred went down to Home Depot one weekend was like, they're just gonna put a back yeah. game over there on Arkham Island.
3: Yeah, yeah. And just why though? I mean, but, <laughs> you never know, you know, you gotta I ask myself that too.
2: You know, I, I allowed it though. I mean, we all of course have to allow it, but I kind of allowed it because I remember in the 70s Batman comics, there was a while there where the he wasn't using the Bat Cave. He had other bat hidey holes all throughout the city. Mm. Like mm. he had he had some in like a penthouse apartment and just uh, he had a couple of them around the city. So I kind of felt like it could have been in that era, but no, you're right. When I played, I was like, why is there a bat cave
3: here? Yeah. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be the safest place to have it. You know, it would, it have it. Why not just have it underneath where you're catching people? And yeah,
2: you know? but either way, I have to correct myself. The last Batman game that released before this was, I think, actually, the Batman Begins. Oh. came out and made a game.
3: Oh, movie. okay.
2: Because Dark Tomorrow was like 2003, and Batman Begins was 05, I think. Okay,
3: I so I suppose. have
2: to correct myself on that. Not a problem. But if we're talking not movie tie-in, it's Dark Tomorrow which I remember fiddling around with. Anyways, uh, <laughs> we're not going to review Dark Tomorrow, but we might, we might on a future episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. As far as my thoughts on game design, I think they're dang near perfect. I mean, it really makes that Arkham a character in the game with its insane architectural layouts, like Joe was saying. There's a penitentiary on one side, there's an asylum on another, there's a botanical garden there's a catacombs, there's yeah. catacombs. Like, it's, it's just nuts the way it's all laid out but it it's rightly called batman arkham asylum because arkham asylum is such a part of it like it's just it's so complicated when you first start playing it you're like now where do i gotta go again but by the time you like beat the game like you know where everything is mm-hmm. <laughs> you know exactly where you need to go it's just very immersive and that's my favorite thing about the game design is, is how much time and effort they put in Arkham Asylum, into the design of Batman, the design of the vehicles, the villains. You can tell they cared about the
3: design of everything, yeah. and that's what made it so enjoyable. The combat—we we didn't talk much about the combat of the, the combat design of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was another cool thing to use too, where you would you could get yourself in a brawl with a bunch of different goons or whatever and just boom—you boom, start punching one and then you flip and do some other thing. now you're punching this other guy and just you get the cool moves that you can do that's just fun it's the definition
2: of easy to do hard to master yeah like there's no fight that's really hard but if you want to master it and start you know once you've upgraded to like the killer combo moves you have to hit that perfect timing because i was yeah. watching a guy i was watching a play through prep for this as well and this guy was like really good at he just hit that perfect timing button. He was getting critical hit after critical hit after critical hit, and it was like, wow, I can't do that. I just sit there, and button mash. Like, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> just the fluidity that they used in that yeah. game design of that, you know, the fighting mechanics of it. It was really cool. Again, just a, a feast for your eyes to watch.
1: And it was actually pretty brutal to watch too. It yeah. was a a serious. You know, where is he? Kind of vibe when he was <laughs> cracking skulls, and mm. like I remember when you're uh after Joker escapes and you're still in the asylum, he helps somebody up from off the ledge, and he punches him in the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like, dang, dude, <laughs> no, mercy. <laughs> no mercy, no mercy. But yeah, yeah, just the the bone cracking and the, mm-hmm. the skull cracking, and yeah, it was it was pretty brutal. I'm surprised it wasn't. Any blood in this game, but you kind of didn't need the blood. It was already yeah. graphic enough. Yeah,
2: yeah, it definitely had that a, a very impactful feel to it. And, yeah, and probably because, and they've kept this throughout this entire series of games. Whenever you in, encounter a group for combat, whenever you get that last hit in, it always does that super slow mo, super impactful mm-hmm. hit, which is just a cool mechanic. It feels very cinematic. It's a good point, Pat. I'm glad you brought it up which is going to roll nicely into our next topic. And our next topic is enjoyability. Just how much fun is it to play? Is it weighty? Is it light? Is it airy? You know, how do you feel about it?
1: Once I got out of the asylum, like the, after the first stage, I had a hard time trying to figure out where I needed to go. Cause it was just so massive. And then you're trying to find like the little trophies and take the pictures of the, the little Arkham, like the, I don't know, it's called a beetle or something like that, where you get right. Yeah,
2: the Arkham Chronicles or something.
1: Yeah. Like that. yeah, yeah. You're trying to find that, and you're trying to figure out where to go next. But because it's so massive, and then maybe it was a TV I was playing, everything was really dark as well. So I remember struggling a little bit trying to figure out where to go, and then I realized, oh, there's a thing you can do where you could spray the the, the napalm to blow something up, and you can kind of get more stuff. And once I figured that out, I was like, oh, OK. And then, and of course, the greats, figuring out where all the greats are, so you can <laughs> kind of maneuver through everything. But once you start figuring that out, that you understand, hey, that's a mechanic of the game, so you can kind of get through and progress, and then it got a little easier. And then uh, the later stages were more linear, except the stage where you're going to fight Killer Croc. That one, I do, I do recall getting lost in that one. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> that place is a maze. <laughs> yeah, it is a maze. <laughs> but, but once I, once you figure out the mechanics and just kind of like the purpose of the game, uh, it was definitely enjoyable for me.
2: I think one of the key components that, Joe, and I can't believe we haven't brought this up at all yet, is detective mode. Once you start really making good use of it and realizing that it, how handy it can be. There are points in the game where I was like playing on detective mode, like, a lot, like I was not <laughs> even in <a> regular
1: mode. <laughs> yeah, because uh, it gives you an advantage.
2: It does. Like detective mm-hmm. mode is super sweet, and it it really helps you sometimes when you're stuck. You know, you're like, where the heck do I go? And you go into detective mode, and you see that like that orange grate up way up in the corner. Like, oh, there's is, this is mm-hmm. another grate. Get out the batarang, and <laughs> you're right yep. You know. Uh, but Pat, let's talk about the enjoyability. How much fun is it to play?
3: Well, you know, I mentioned it before. Just the the game mechanics, the controls combat skill. It was fun to watch and, and do. Playing it, uh, once you get used to it and into it, uh, there are some repetitive things going on throughout it. But, you know, some of the bosses, some of the things, its gets to be repetitive. So you, you learn that sequence of what you need to do. But all in all, you get the sound, the graphics, everything just kind of put together. It makes it definitely an enjoyable game. So you can enjoy the story that it's trying to tell you granted. It's like Joe said, why they got an asylum and this thing all together on one Island, but yeah, you, you got to just go for it. It's, it's a, it's a comic book. So uh, immersing yourself into the environment and you get to play as Batman <laughs> in different modes. You get to play him in detective mode. You get to play him in kick butt mode, play him in stealth mode, all these things, just having fun with him. And watching the characters around it.
2: Well said. I also think it's extremely fun to play because I think it has a really, really good in fact, maybe its best feature is its difficulty balance. It never Mm. feels like it never feels overly difficult. We talked a little bit pre-recording about how I felt like it was very similar to Legend of Zelda and like get a new weapon or ability and now you unlock other places and nothing really feels difficult the hardest part is figuring out how to use that new weapon or ability because it usually comes into play either to progress or to fight a boss sure. but i never like i never felt like the game was too hard now i i will admit to our listening audience that after i hit the age of about 40 i play every game i play now on easy cuz i just want to have fun so maybe it is really hard if you ramp up the difficulties <laughs> and easy mode
1: it's okay to be on easy mode it's your experience it's
2: like we're having like an AA meeting like a bad video game player. my name's Jared and I play on easy mode hi Jared (laughs) like the first time I played it when it first came out I'm I'm quite certain I played it on regular mode but these days like I just want to enjoy my games I don't want my games to stress me out I do suffer from video game anger affliction VGAI and so it helps me to not like it's just I just can relax. I just thought I had a really good difficulty balance. Like things felt challenging but not burdensome. You know, there was a couple of times I, I got you know oh you died and I had to do the room over again or whatever. It's like mm-hmm. okay, clearly I just need a better tactic. Most of the time it was like during a stealth mission or rarely during a boss. Because once you like we said, the bosses are so repetitive that kind of once you figure that out. But you know, at least they do mix it up with stuff like the killer croc. You know, that was a boss that was very different, you know, than the others. It was basically be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, run for your life. And it was funny. I was watching guys. This might blow your mind. Maybe not, but I was watching, (laughs) I was watching a a gameplay video of it for this. And I saw a guy do something, the killer crack layer that never occurred to me. He used the zip line. Oh, everywhere. He went, he used the zip line. So he's not actually walking on those boards. He's just... Zzzz, and then he'll let go when he needs to and change directions. Zzzz, and all, and all the other way. And I was like, why the hell did I, ever of? <laughs> I never smart. think? That's pretty smart. That's pretty yeah. smart.
0: Yeah,
2: you know, and he was smart. He was a speed runner. And
3: he beat oh, the game man. in
2: like just under three hours or right at three hours. It was Ooh, 100% okay. beat uh, at three hours. I thought it, was, it was impressive. But I was like, oh, man.
3: that is it, impressive.
2: It's always those things that you don't think of, you know. And I've done that, like i beat all three well, there's four of them, but I beat the first three over the last few months. And it's always that. It's always like I get frustrated and then I realize, oh, I have a I have a device or a weapon for this. Like I always forget that there's some like Joe was saying, he's stuck, he's like, Oh wait, I got explosive gel. <laughs> you know, it's like you have to remember everything in your arsenal. But I, yeah, but I get, that's kind of the fun of it too, is is yeah. the self-discovery, right? Yeah, it's very Zelda-ish, because that's a yeah. lot like Zelda, you know, where they'll... And they do similar things, like they'll put a Riddler trail, like a Zelda will put a heart container and you'll be like, I know there's a way to get that. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> do I have that ability yet?
3: Do I want to waste time? Do I want to I <laughs> spend three hours trying to get up there? I yeah. know why
2: I bought this game not long, probably a year, maybe two after it first came out. And I uh, and I uh beat it. But I don't think 100% of it, so that's why this last time I did, but I did uneasy. I don't care who knows it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, let's get into our, our very favorite thing about
3: the game. And
2: Pat, we'll start
3: with you. What's your very favorite thing about this game? As you were kind of saying it, you know, 100% in it, one of the favorite things that I liked about this is some of the odd sideball quest things. And one of it had to do with the, the Arkham things you had to go find. The, the little Chronicle tablets? Yeah, uh, Chronicle yeah. tablet things like that. And just the background story that it was telling you along with the tapes too that you would get to listen to you know for more backstory and i thought that was really cool it's like helping build the story even deeper jared you listen to all the the tapes
2: yeah especially in the the second playthrough i was a bit more thorough and i was especially entertained by the scarecrow tapes about how he was sort of turning around and manipulating (laughs) his therapist (laughs) you know it's there's a lot of entertainment in those that I didn't yeah. the first time I was like, yeah, oh, I found the tape whatever, yeah. move on, I actually listen to them this time and they do add more layer.
3: Yeah. So I kind of like that. Uh, you know, along with everything else that we talked about.
2: All right, Joe, what was your favorite thing about this game?
1: My favorite thing is is a little uh, off-kilter, just bear with me. So, we mentioned earlier about the voice acting, you know, just the famous names that we heard for the Joker and for Batman pretty established names. But what I got excited about is hearing some of the non-player character voices and recognizing those one in particular, actually a few in particular was by the same guy. His name is Steve bloom. And he's very famous in the anime and gaming world, more anime because he voices spike Spiegel in the cowboy bebop. And that very famous voice that he has. And he's been in a ton of other games too. But when I heard him in that, I was just like, okay, This game was legit. Yeah, they got Kevin Conway. Yeah, they got Mark. But they got Steve Bloom in this. (laughs) Yeah, this game was cool. So that that was my favorite thing.
3: That's when they had you. They got me. All right. You got me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And to round it out, so many things to like about this game. What's my favorite thing? I'm going to cheat a little bit and just say the ambiance. It just Mm -hmm. feels right. Everything about it feels right. You know, I'm pulling a pat and kind of picking a broad thing that covers a lot of stuff. He does this to me on other shows that we do, but because, like, you know, I'm like, "What's your favorite part of this GI Joe comic?" He'll be like, "The story," you know, and then he'll go yeah. in every aspect of the story. I, I kind of feel the same way. Like, just the environment they created felt right. Batman felt right. He moved right. He sounded right. You know, everything felt right. There was, aside from a bizarre Batcave on an island, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Uh, I could see like Bruce Wayne like pitching this idea. Years ago, to the city board, you know, like, hey, yeah, I'll build you this prison island, but we're going to put a big curtain up. All right. And no people yeah. behind it until the island's all built. All right. But,
3: uh, <laughs> anyway, just, just, the, um, just, the, just, um, just um. him and Alfred building it up.
2: Yeah. Us. Just the two of them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it took a while.
1: It was uh, uh, the board approved it three to two.
2: <laughs> 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 okay. Well, With my cheater out of the way, for favorite thing, my favorite thing about Batman Arkham Asylum is Batman Arkham Asylum. All right, so let's get to our (laughs) least favorite thing, and this could be a little challenging because there's a lot of good stuff in here. We're gonna have to do some serious nitpicking, I think, to find least favorite thing. But we'll start with you, Joe.
1: Yes, my least favorite thing is Zaz's character design because why does he look like Dawson from Street Fighter?
2: (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I didn't
1: like that. I didn't like that. But yeah, that's nitpicking. Everything else is good. But when I saw that, I was like, mm, uh, nah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pat, what's your nitpick? Repetitive gameplay on the bosses. And some of them, you know, wanted something a little bit more final battle. You know, it's like, okay, I've been here fighting these guys again, mm-hmm. again the Titans again. And okay, oh, it's a Joker now. And he's got, you know, so it's. Yeah, I would say I would say the repetitiveness of that, but still not bad.
2: Yeah, I think I'd have to agree with you, Pat. As if I nitpick this, uh, you know what? I'll take it to one more granular detail level. So it's going to be repetitiveness, but I think in an effort to keep it fresh, Mm. you know, as you as you progress, yeah, you'll go into an area, and now the area has a bunch of poison ivy plant pods. Its only existence is to just annoy the. Yeah. out of you yeah. or I, I now i've progressed this level where there's this crazy guy who will run out of nowhere and jump on my back right because they just added that to the bigger outdoor portion so they could like i, I appreciate them wanting to add something so but like those outdoor portions i don't think was the place to do that mm. i just like i was like i appreciate the fact you're trying to put in a layer this but these things are just annoying yeah. they're not they don't they don't they're trying to stop the,
3: you from getting somewhere.
2: Yeah, maybe when you first see one, you're like, "Oh, what's this?" and it's kind of neat, clever, and cool. But like when you break your fiftieth
3: yeah. plant oh, eye, yeah.
2: it's just yeah. like, "I'm just breaking these because they're ticking me off." You know, <laughs> if it was me, I probably would have just left the outdoor stuff alone and saved all my creativity and that kind of stuff for the indoor environments when you get inside. But mm. the, yeah, eh, yeah. the nitpickingest of nitpickingest, because I'm gonna let you know a little secret. Like I said, I played one, two, and three recently and i still like this one better than two although the fans love to because it's bigger and, and more expansive and all that but I, there's a detriment to that but you know one day we'll cover that game we'll talk about it don't get me wrong two is still awesome it's up there but i think this one got a little more felt a little more claustrophobic which is what you want from arkham asylum mm, yes Yeah. all right so We've run, we've run the gamut of our discussion topics. It is now time to give this game an overall score from 1 to 10. Of course, 5 is average. It means it's okay. It's fine. I played it. It's okay. Six, seven, eight, nine, and 10 means you got your, a heck of a good game. Four, three, two, one means you have things to work on. So, Joe, I'll give you the honors. 1 to 10. You'd be surprised. This is a solid 9. I'm
1: not giving halvesies on this one. Ooh. All right. Yeah. It's a solid 9 for me. Let's give it an 8.
2: And two half halfsies. <laughs> halfsies, Okay. Mm. <laughs> Solid nine from Joe. What about you, yeah. Pat?
3: I am going to see Joe's nine and give it a half seas. And I'm going to bump it to nine and a half. Definitely a, a good game. And one, I think you can go back, you know, you just, I wouldn't go back and play it maybe in a couple years, but it's something that you can always go back to and just feel comfortable. And like Jared, you said, you know, then now that you know how to do something else, you continue to learn from it and you know, Oh, now I can do this. And you, you think of another way of fighting or doing something.
2: Yeah. There's only a handful of games out there that I ever want to replay. Like most of the time I play a game, even if I really like it, I don't go back to it. All right? right. I re- I replay the tomb Raider games a lot because they're my favorites. I play that replayed the Castlevania, especially symphony of the night. Those are my favorites. And so if I'm fair, and I look at it for just replayability, how much I like it. I am going to come back to this game every couple of years and play it again. So I have to give it the full 10. It's that good it. to me. It is a perfect game. Nitpicks aside, I enjoy it every time. No ten and you and know, and know what? We didn't even talk about the fourth wall break when they make you think the game glitched out. Oh. And, and, oh <laughs> like, that was super awesome as well. I forgot about that. Beaten the game before, and it got me again. I was like, <laughs> "Game <laughs> glitched down. <out. laughs> and then I was like, "Wait a minute, no!" And then I noticed, because there was something off with the sign, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is like a whole, a whole bit, you know." Mm. And so, gosh, I don't know. I'll just gush. It's a ten. I'll <laughs> leave it at that. It's a ten. It's a ten. It's a ten.
3: Everybody, there you go. to me, They're not even using your halfsies. To well, it's it. a
2: nine plus two halves. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, okay all right yeah use them while you got them jerry you gotta use them. i
2: know but i i knew going to this wait episode. wouldn't that be 10 and a half <laughs> i'll i'd <I'll, laughs> give it 10 and a half well, that's what i'm saying use the just, like you said when it comes to games that i actually am just going to go back to it's it's pretty much symphony of the night zelda games tomb raider games and this series yep All right. But you know what? It seems like we forgot something. It seems like we forget something every episode. (laughs) But I know what it is. So I'm going to throw it over to Joe November. He's our on-staff musical genius to tell us about the music of Arkham Asylum in a segment called Superconductor.
1: Thanks, Jared. So the music for this particular game matches extremely well with the atmosphere. and We touched upon this earlier. Dark, foreboding, cinematic music just really makes the gameplay that much more powerful because you're just listening and you're immersed in such a great musical score. One of the things that I was a little disappointed about is that there wasn't a whole lot of remixes from the game as far as sounds and beats and things like that. In fact, the one that Jared shared with me was the only one that I could really find where they used the the chime from whenever <laughs> Joker was speaking over the intercom the,
0: da, 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 da.
1: and they just repeated that and made a really dope beat with that that was really cool. But on YouTube, you can listen to the entire game soundtrack. There was one called Enter the Asylum, which has a really great foreboding atmosphere to it. And it just kind of sets the tone for the game. In the Gardens, and it really sounds like it comes from like the Christopher Nolan films. Just a great atmosphere to to listen to. also find other game sound effects on youtube mostly but i was a little surprised that there just wasn't a whole plethora of like game effects and other than the score that's really what you could find musically about this game but still it's a great game and like we said great playability great voice acting so yeah you can't knock that at all
2: not at all yeah the music i've listened to the soundtrack as well and oh by the way speaking of my ebay skills i shared this with the fellas I was like, you know what? I like the soundtrack. You know, it's cinematic. It fits Mm -hmm. right in with the Danny Elfmans and the Shirley Walkers and all that Batman music. I was like, I'm going to go ahead and see if they sell the the soundtrack CD to just the game. And oh, they do. They do. (laughs) Remember, (laughs) I sent you guys a picture of the eBay prices. Like, the cheapest one was like $100 or $200. They're like super rare. So if you're listening out there and you see a copy of the Batman the Arkham Asylum soundtrack on CD laying around, do yourself a favor and pick it up because it's worth a lot of money. But yeah, such good music. Like I said, if it, like you could put these tracks in any cinematic Batman movie and they would work.
3: So I it would work. Good. Yep, they did Definitely a good job set the mood and the environment for this game. Yep,
1: that's all for superconductive musical segment. Let's throw it over to Pat to lead us in a discussion on how well the game captures the essence of the comic book in a segment called
3: Reformatted. Now, for this segment, does the environment feel like the environment in the comic books? And let's go around quick on that one. Jared, this environment, the time 2009-ish comic book-wise, Batman's been through different kind of style changes here and there. So What do you think? Uh, Is this matching the environment, or is it matching more kind of? uh, I guess for me, I'll go ahead and say right. It's kind of a hybrid between comic and movie on this one.
2: Yeah, I'm going to agree. I think it is a real good amalgam of that, even with a dash of the animated series, probably because of the voices, because of Kevin Conroy and and Mark Hamill. To me, it's like you take. Everything that's good about the animated series, you take everything that's good about the Tim Burton universe and you take everything that's good about the Christopher Nolan universe and you ooh, the blender yeah. and just what you get. So I mean the question is the, does it make me feel like I'm in the comic book? And I'd have to say, yeah, it does. I think yeah. I think it does. I could definitely see this as a comic book storyline. You know, the Joker getting all hopped up on bane juice is, is borderline ridiculous, but I mean that's what you want from the joker right so yeah no i think it i think it fits in nicely that's maybe one of its biggest appeals is it fits in nicely with the comic or the cartoon or the movie universe it's like that chameleon like hey i'm i'm everything you want me to be so Yeah. yeah i i dig it man it
1: definitely takes the best parts of all those great works of art and uh Puts into the video game format, so that's why it gets high praise. That's why they, you know, made Game of the Year editions and remade it, remade it because it's just that good.
3: Yeah, I definitely agree. You, you both have kind of gone over a few of the other topics that we would talk about here. You know, does it look like the comic books? Yeah, and does it feel like you're in the comic book character when playing the game? Yeah, I felt like oh, I was playing yeah. Batman, especially um, the
2: stealth parts. Like I feel yeah. like that you know, that Batman out of the shadows and. Yeah,
3: just dropping in on punks and just you beat them and you just (laughs) oh, this is fun to stealth around like that and just beat up on people.
2: (laughs) I I know I'm talking a lot because I love this game, but like I'm not a big fan of stealth, yeah, like games because they're so stressful, like Metal Gear.
3: So it's like,
2: oh man, like in most games, there's like they're trying to get you to do something very specific to like solve that puzzle. You have so much flexibility here, you can do the from above, you can get the greats come from below. I mean, let's be honest, if you want to, you could be like, screw this stealth and just start wailing on fools. Cause if you're good enough, then, you know, they're not
1: yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> yes, don't even wait on them to finish their dialogue. Just come in and start. <laughs> That's
2: what the speedrun guy I saw did. He just after went time, up and whacked people Every right time, he just like fly completely over everybody and just open the door and walk out. He's like, this door, you can actually leave before you even have to, <laughs> have to fight. Oh, these. nice. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> but no i'm sorry i hijacked it but yeah no, I, no. it did make me especially in the stealth section feel like batman and i hate stealth sections in games but they give you so much room to be creative yeah in these that they don't feel stressful yeah
3: no definitely and just you could just have fun with this all the time just doing different things like you said going back into the room and just oh well let me try it this way now and mm-hmm. you do something mm-hmm. different uh let's talk about do the villains make sense in this one they're super villains. They're they're villains of superheroes. So are they supposed to make sense? Uh You know, in our real world eyes, <laughs> these are Batman villains. You it's know, a Batman villains in a Batman mm. game. Pack? Yeah, yep. What do you think, Joe?
1: Oh yeah, they they matched up very well to the point where it's like, well, where's the other Batman villains? Where's Penguin? Where's Two Face?
3: There was um, some of that, yeah.
1: Yeah. And and you know, although they kind of reference it in different ways, like when you're collecting trophies and they get the bios and things like that, you still get the feel that, you know, they're involving the iconic villains for Batman into this game. Yeah. And and that's why they made more games, because they were like, We need to get well, the yeah, villains.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he can't give it all away right away. So yeah, gotta, just in case there's something you want you're gonna do another one, you got some more characters to play with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, more toys out of the toy box to bring in and have some fun with. Jarrett, what's your thoughts on the villains?
2: Oh, they're great. They make maximum use out of them. I mean, I liked the scarecrow levels better than Joe did, so your mileage may vary because they are <laughs> they are kind of like the stealth levels of the game because you have to do that very specific patterns and stuff to get get through it. But whenever the scarecrow showed up, you know things were going to get wonky and like you can't believe your eyes type of stuff. Yeah, you know, like Joe alluded to at one point. You're actually playing as child Bruce Wayne. you're walking him down a hallway, and so just just the Scarecrow alone, but like their their designs all are fresh and original yet familiar they' are all are the essence of what we know them to be. so yeah, no complaints about any of the villains. And like you said, they just leave
3: you wanting more and more and more, and that's what you get in the sequels.: Yeah, definitely. All right, well, great discussion of what we thought of from going from a comic to game comparison. Now that we all have that figured out, I think it's time we talk about our memories around this game. So let's go ahead and hop on over into our DeLorean, or maybe it's a Batmobile that can go back. With the flux capacitor on it. With the flux capacitor. Oh, that would be cool, wouldn't it? Okay. (laughs) If you had the, if you had a Batmobile one, what one would you put the flux capacitor in there? You know, the old school Batman one, the, the 89 Batman mobile. I feel like aesthetically
2: it would look best on the like the sixty six, but I'm an eighty nine oh, yeah, loyalist. Putting it in there. Joe, where would you put it?
1: Which vehicle? I'm gonna put it on the most recent Batman film. Okay. Robert
3: Pattinson one. Oh, oh ooh, the charger. The muscle there. car, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The muscle car. Oh yeah, that would be kinda cool to have. Definitely. I'm liking the idea of it having it on the Adam West Batmobile. That would be <laughs> it would cool. That would be neat. It'd be windy. But, <laughs> but it would be cool. All right, well, now that we got our vehicles decided on how we're going to go back in time here, let's go ahead and go back into our segment called Saving Point. So during Saving Point, we'll give you some context from the time that our featured game was released by discussing video game news of that time what was being played at the movies and what were some of the chart-topping songs. And then we'll wrap it up with our personal memories surrounding Batman Arkham Asylum. So here are the video game events and notable releases from August 2009.
2: GamesCon 2009, which was in Germany, Sony revealed its new Slim version of the PlayStation 3. I remember that because I did pick that
1: one up. I did get the PS3 Slim.
2: I have one laying around somewhere. So,
1: uh, BlizzCon, which is a con that Blizzard, the gaming company that makes World of Warcraft and Diablo, they had their uh, BlizzCon in 2009 in California, and For this particular one, the tickets sold out within minutes of the online sales opening, and I looked more into it, and it was because there was a new expansion coming out called Cataclysm, and they were going to announce the Warcraft movie, which turned out to be not great, but...
3: (laughs) (laughs) I never did see that one. I (laughs) I never watched it at all either, and this is the time I was playing, you know, they had me, and wow, just Mm. playing it up, and man cataclysm was coming out i remember that and getting that expansion couldn't wait for it go down to the e, e- was it eb games or games GameStop?
2: it was hot man because as i was yeah. doing the research it was like literally like if you were like went to the office and was like hey i got my blitzcon tickets yesterday and your buddy was like oh i'll pick mine up today no no <laughs> you won't because they were literally
3: yeah. sold within minutes wow. going on, on crazy scroll. well also at this time guinness world of record Batman Arkham Asylum, the most critically acclaimed superhero game
2: ever. Mm-hmm.
3: Can you believe it?
2: And I had to look that up because I was like, the game didn't even release until late August. That's so how is fun. this a, this is a fact for August? But what I realized was all those critics got the advanced copies so they mm-hmm. could really you know do the release their scores and all that. But yeah, highest scores of a superhero wow. game ever in the Guinness book. Nice. And Not she... Superman sixty <laughs> four. <laughs> no, one no. day a game's gonna show up on this show. We're gonna have a great episode. <laughs> oh my gosh!
1: <laughs> the half of us gonna be talking about the, the least favorite thing,
2: <laughs> 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 the rings and everything else.
3: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and go into the top three grossing films released in August of two thousand and nine. And I'll start us off with number three, Pineapple Express. I don't think I've seen it. I've seen it. I didn't see it. Is that a Steve Carell?
2: I want to say it was Seth Rogen and the Green Goblin actor guy. Frank um, Franco, one of the Francos. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. Oh, it was a comedy. That's right. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Maybe I was thinking really of something know. else. It was pretty fun. James Franco. Pretty sure James Franco. Yes, James Franco. Covenant at number two is... One of the funniest dang movies of all time. And thank God they made it when they did. Because it was... <laughs> it is Tropic Thunder. And I got to tell you guys, my favorite memory of Tropic Thunder was not only was it pretty funny, but I was a good 60 to 70% of the way through the movie before I realized that was Tom Cruise. Oh, <laughs> I was nice. like, wait a minute. <laughs> the makeup job they have those big, meaty hands. <laughs> yeah. He owns me in that movie. He's so funny.
3: I've never oh, seen it. What
2: about the job Robert Downey Jr. did? Oh, he again <laughs> that couldn't get away with it. But yeah, God, he's just a dude playing a dude who's playing a <laughs> another dude.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have a funny story about this movie too because I was just a few years uh, into working at USA, and my boss at the time, who I'm working with now in my new job. He's hey like, yeah let's go to the movies and yeah I hear Tropic Thunder's pretty funny let's go check that out. We were all <laughs> shocked and surprised. I just just the nature of that film. It was not a film that you go take your employees to go see. <laughs> But we all cracked up nonetheless. And that's <laughs> that's how I saw Tropic Thunder.
2: My an awkward <laughs> way, but still fun.
3: Yeah, that's all how right. I saw it. That's team building right there.
1: It is team so, building. Yeah, it was a, that's exactly what it was, a team builder.
3: <laughs> Here's a fun
2: Tropic Thunder fact for you. In the movie, we all know Robert Downey Jr.'s character is very dedicated to the character that he's playing. Because he's a dude playing a dude playing another dude. In the movie... Someone asked him, like, don't you ever drop character? He goes, I don't drop character until I do the commentary on the DVD. <laughs> so if you listen to the commentary of the DVD track, he does it in character all the way up until the part of the movie where he reveals his true self. Then he starts being Robert Downey Jr. in the commentary. Wow. And all the way up until that part, he still does it as the character he plays Oh, in the
3: movie. man, that's dedication.
2: <laughs> yeah. So wow. the commentary track is worth your time. It's very funny. I'll
3: have to check that out.
1: Alright, and the number one movie in August of two thousand nine was The Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. And I do remember seeing it and I do remember thinking, you know, it was an eh okay movie. I don't know if it was the worst of the bunch, but was Jet Li in there? Mm-hmm. the yeah. Dragon Emperor. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool and, and just kinda like the Dragon Emperor aesthetic and mythos, they incorporated it into the mummy lore. But it did feel a little bit like jumping the shark at that yeah, point. Yeah,
2: I appreciate the fact that they got into a different mummy lore than the mm-hmm. than the one, the, the Egyptian mummy. Yeah. But I also, if I'm remembering correctly, and, and that may be its problem, Joe, it might be slightly forgettable. I think it might have been missing some key characters. Like, I'm not sure Rachel Weiss was in it, or the guy who plays her she brother. Was not she was like, not, yeah. Like, some of those sort of people that made the mixture were missing from the third one. Yeah. But it was still a good popcorn flick.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, for sure.
2: The number one movie that came out in August of 2009
3: Mm -hmm. can't go wrong with that. All right, well, here are the top three songs that were playing on your favorite pop radio station during August of 2009. Joe, start us off with number three.
1: So number three was Drake, and it was the best I ever had. And I made sure to copy the notes I found because someone did a synopsis of that song. And it says, the singer celebrates the presence of a special person in his life and the positive impact she had on him. He expresses his gratitude to her, the best he's ever had, and wouldn't hesitate to spend everything he has on her. He also shares the fun times they've had together and promises to enjoy their success in the future. Folks, it was just a booty call song.
2: <laughs> Somebody went way too deep on that. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's pretty nice of like, you. Should...
2: three-page essay on two mm. live crew. <laughs> it was so horny. I, I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious.
2: That is <laughs> so awesome. I, did, I... <laughs> I saw your notes in the script, and I was like, okay. <laughs> 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 I didn't know it was going to take that swerve at the end.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah that was the number three song
3: so i guess i shouldn't write the lyrics down and give them out on valentine's day to my wife Eh. 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 maybe maybe it's still drake (laughs) yeah you can get away with it (laughs) (laughs) well coming in at number two is you belong to me by taylor
2: swift see pat i almost fell into that same trap Cause I was like, I know the song you belong to me, of, but this is, you belong with me.
3: Oh, you belong Two
1: with
2: totally me. different songs, Pat.
3: Oh, is it? <laughs>
2: is that I the, don't think I think
3: a Michael song. McDonald song? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I'm confused.
1: I don't know this Taylor Swift. I'm not a big yeah. Taylor Swift fan. I mean, I'm going to let you finish, but
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm, I, I don't know the song either. And so.
3: I, then I, I thought I knew it, but I guess I don't know. I'm, I'm really unsure. Jerry's got know. me feeling unsure about that one now. Not feeling so swift? Nope. Not at all. <laughs> Maybe you can tailor that in the editing and make a song better.
2: <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> well, Pat, I got a feeling.
3: Do you? Oh my god. <laughs>
2: <laughs> because the number one song at the time, which I actually do know this one. This of course the Black Eyed Peas singing "I Got a Feeling," and that's just a fun song. I and mean, that's just getting a good mood
3: song right there. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I remember listening to a recent interview with one of the members of Black Eyed Peas. It was not Will I Am; it was Taboo. I think they were talking about how they came to create that song. They literally said, "We want to create our anthem song for Black mm-hmm. Eyed Peas," yeah. and they nailed it. They pretty much nailed. Hey, it. You would hear this. Yeah, you hear this in stadiums and bar mitzvahs Mm -hmm. everywhere. Yeah, they did it.
2: Was he a nice guy? Was he like the sweetest
1: taboo?
2: (laughs) (laughs) And that's Uh, the show,
3: folks. (laughs) Well, (laughs) well, speaking about the sweetest taboos, let's see if any of us has any standout personal memories surrounding today's featured game. And we'll start with Jared. You got any special memory?
2: You know, nothing super big. Just remember seeing the game come out. I remember hearing it's a really good game. But you mentioned this, like, way at the top of this episode, I think, Pat. There have been so many mediocre Batman games. You know, like, honestly, if I was to say, what was the best Batman game that came before this? Now, granted, I haven't played that Batman Begins game, so I can't speak to it. But I might have to go all the way back to the NES in 1989, which we've covered on this program. Mm Mm-hmm. That might be my favorite one all the way up until this one. I have to think about that, but it's, that's that could be. But no, like, personal memories, right? I just remember hearing about it coming out. Everybody said it was so good. I gave it that suspicious eye. If I could put a suspicious eye sound effect in, I would. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I could just imagine me giving the suspicious eye. And then finally getting a hold of it, I remember I was at my buddy Jesse's house. He's another Air Force friend of mine. And he's like, yeah, I got this game. And everybody says good. And we started playing it. And I remember getting to that first stealth segment and just being like, yeah, man, this... This game is something else, and then I, you know, went and got my own copy and, and beat it. The thing I remember most, I guess, what I'm trying to say is the lead up to it, like just being so suspicious, <laughs> like it, yeah. is it really that good? And then having it pay off. Mm-hmm. And I'll pass it to Joe.
1: I didn't play this game when it first came out, so I think I probably played it a few years after that. But around this time, let's see, August of 2009, I was just a few months married. Jared was there at the at the marriage ceremonies this was in april
2: um okay. technically
1: it was 14 years ago yesterday oh. happy anniversary <laughs> Anniversary! <Thank laughs> but uh, yeah like i said i didn't play this game when it first came out i probably just had a backlog of games that i was going to get to anyway but when i finally got to it i definitely dug the experience except for the annoying <laughs> scarecrow levels but uh, <laughs> everything
3: else everything else was good very cool a memory i have for this game is getting it for my son to play i know he wanted to play it so i'm like hey eh, you know it's a little you know 2009 he's just getting a little, to be a little bit older enough to kind of play a you know a dark and more grittier game so we, we got it for him but i remember him playing it on the weekends and because we were you know may have him played in the living room so you know that way we could watch what he's doing and, and what's going on in the game so it not only memorizing me and just watching him play it and and just watching the story unfold through his eyes and and just seeing him, you know, kind of, you know, like the game and the character, you know, to go, okay, I think this might have a hook of comic book, you know, into him. Just that enjoyment you get to see, you know, your kids doing something that you like to do. And, you know, it's pretty fun, cool thing to have. And, I, you know, he's got memories of it, got memories of beating it. So. Uh, yeah, just the hours and hours spent grinding away at this game. <laughs> nice.
2: That is pretty awesome. You know what else is awesome, Pat?
3: What, Jared? Crusaders Club members. That is. They are Yes. Awesome.
2: We are thrilled to kick off our comments and special shout-outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks who have joined our Crusade. They enjoy early access to special long box episodes. They get to vote on show content. In fact that they may have voted on this game that we covered i think mm-hmm. i gave them some choices and i think they picked this one and so much more so these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving so much appreciated support to the show
3: and helica wolf Oh, auburn elvis bill beer blast it or stash it Braxton Underwood, captain entropy clinton robinson dave
1: collins battle wagon Gary V. Gerald Green. Jason Keene.
2: Jason Lady. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman. Jim Mail. Joe
3: Thomas. <laughs>
2: John Watson. Josh Strickland.
1: Candace Ward. Kathy Bright. Mark Ross. Maxwell Traber. Miranda W.
2: Pip Daddy Devins. AKA PD Devins.
1: <laughs> Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present rob
3: morgan samantha maney sean urbanski spidey 67 spreadsheet steve cronin
2: tim bryce
3: tony pennington
1: and last but not least toronto cop
2: <laughs> if we missed anyone on our list we apologize please keep in mind we record these episodes well in advance for release your recent edition, we will add you soon but no worries if we are missing you you get frustrated Send a hate-filled email to Pat. He's at contact at longboxcrusade.com. Hate-filled, Pat. I love it. (laughs) Contact at longboxcrusade.com. But we will get everything straightened out, I assure you. And if you're asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? Well, it's very easy. Go to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade. For as little as $1 a month, you get access to the amazing world of Crusaders Club. We certainly encourage you to come check that out. We are using that money to enhance our equipment, and um, I think Pat has used it to, uh, well, imports, exports. Mm -hmm. Some things like that. A little bit of
3: this, a little bit of that, but everything but no heroin. No heroin. (laughs) Yeah. But (laughs) seriously, folks, we do
2: put the money back into the show by buying tech upgrades, new mics, and things like that. And most of all, what we spend that money on is the raffle giveaway prizes and the shipping that comes with that? So we do like to put the money back into you guys. We're not getting rich. Pat's not doing imports, exports. That's just a joke. I right? no. thank God. I hope. Oh my gosh. Anyway, if you don't have any of that money laying around and you want to still help us out, maybe you can write us a review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. We'd really appreciate it. Or just chat us up. We'd love to hear from you. We love to hear your comments. We'll tell you how you can get with us in just a moment. Now, Joe, I'm going to need you to give the folks a reminder of how they can get in touch with us if they want to chat about the show or any of the shows under the Longbox Crusade
1: umbrella. Definitely. So you can find any of our many fine programs on anywhere fine podcasts are found. We're also on YouTube or visit our website at www.longboxcrusade.com. If you'd like to keep the conversation going, hit us up on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook. Instagram, YouTube, at Longbox Crusade. You can even email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com. And feelings. finally, you can leave us a voicemail at 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-L Box.
2: Awesome. I want to thank the team for being here. And here's where you can find us personally on the internet. We will start with Pat.
3: Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Joe, where can the folks find you?
1: Oh, pretty much anywhere you can play music. I'm on Spotify, Bandcamp, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Twitch as Joe
2: November. Somebody's got more places to be found than me, Pat. <laughs> no, don't I don't know what to do there. with myself. <laughs> I do know what to do. I know I need to recommend that if you like well-produced beats about yes. someone who's passionate about music, who just makes awesome stuff, check out Joe November. I use the SoundCloud uh, the most, but you can find him in lots of different places. And Oh, by the way, if you're a podcaster out there and you want cool and unique beats, it's not going to get flagged for copyright or whatever. Joe's a good guy to talk to. He does reasonable mm-hmm. rates and he makes really cool stuff. So, uh, wouldn't hurt to throw Joe a little money and make a really cool, unique intro, outro theme for your podcast. I got kids to feed. <laughs> He's got kids to feed. <laughs> we have pilfered Joe's Beats Library so hard here at the Long Lost <laughs> <Coast Guard. laughs> So help him out and do that. And uh, if you want to come chat with me, I'm at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. You can check out my artwares at www.theyardsaleartist.com. With that, thank you for joining us. We hope you'll continue to join us as we go on our crusade to play play them all. arkham asylum intercom chime remix is brought to you by an account called i'm a really good producer on youtube